Welcome to the Freaking Geeks Podcast, the flagship podcast of Freaking Geeks Media. In this podcast, hosts Michael, Sarah, and Barry crank the geekiness to 11, covering everything from movies and television to pop culture, video games, books, and so much more. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. The podcast is produced each week, so feel free to add us to your favorite RSS feed or on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook. The links will be in the show notes. Okay, now it's time to start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Michael, and with me are my two co-hosts this week, Barry and Sarah. Hey. Good to be back. All right. Yeah. <laughs> For a happy Talking movie. about a chipper movie. <laughs> yes. Yes. Make sure you get the whole family together to watch this movie, please. Everyone listening. It's a laugh, it's a laugh riot. Well, excuse me. You, you can't have a too big of a family. You're probably not allowed to get too many people together to watch this movie, but nevertheless. <laughs> Under 10. Uh, 110. Okay. Yeah. I love that when that was said, there was like 16 people all standing in a group while they're talking about no more groups bigger than the size of 10. Yeah. Right. Yep. Gotta love hypocrisy. Right. Indeedy. All right. So we are here, as you could tell by the title for this episode, we're here to review Contagion. Um, yes. A very timely movie, uh, all things considered. Um, so, the two of you watched this for the first time, correct? Yep. Correct, yeah. yeah. I'd seen had parts of heard... it, but I, I, I'd heard of it, and I'd seen parts, but I never saw it start to finish. Okay. Um, glad, I, glad I did, though. Yeah, I saw it uh, probably around seven years ago, uh, probably a couple years after it came out. I, I did manage to catch it on TV. Uh, I, I liked it. Uh, so again, not a happy movie, even back then. It wasn't like I was like, oh, boy, I'm... Like super happy now after I watched that, but I I was appreciative of the the movie's content, the script, and I think just the intelligence and I, I guess I would say brutal honesty, uh, yeah, of the movie. Um, so I I did like it, uh, and then I I heard that this movie suddenly was being watched, you know, all over the world, you know, uh, people remembered it, and uh, and so now it, it's what one like the number one movie out there like in streaming i think is it yeah. really yeah something like yeah, that like, yeah on canadian netflix a it's number two at the moment the other the first one is like pandemic the movie oh yeah, yeah i forgot yeah. about pandemic yeah man people are sick <laughs> and that was the that was like was that movie that was the messed up movie right like a horror movie more so or am i wrong on that too i Think you might I haven't watched right. it. I think you might be right there with that one. It's oh, not, is it? Yeah, it's okay, not like a... the. This isn't like the fact-based one we've got here that we're just reviewing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Another good one is Quarantine. Did you guys ever see that movie? Uh, is that with uh, uh, the girl from Dexter? Yes, 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 yes. yes. Uh, um, Jennifer. I don't think I have. Yeah, it was from like two thousand and five. That's the, movie, between... that's the movie I'm thinking of, I think. Okay. Yeah, it's I in think. between, like, a bit accurate, but more, like, conspiracy and then also horror aspect. And yeah. it's, uh, it's pretty good. Yeah, that that's the one I am thinking of, yeah. Because they actually did a sequel to that, believe it or not, so. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. as good. <laughs> no, I'm sure. Never are. No. no. Yeah. It, uh... 
So needless to say, there is a genre for this type of movie, I guess. Yes. We call it a genre or a type. You know what I mean? This is. A, yep. Yeah. I mean, if you go back in time uh, and I read I read the book, but I remember when I was uh, maybe 12, I read The Andromeda Strain, mm-hmm. which uh, was a book written by Michael Crichton, came out, in, I believe, 1969. That was huge back then. It was like yeah. a, a game changer kind of a book, um, which detailed something like this, although on a much smaller scale with the potential to be right. like this, or if not worse. Um, and then I remember uh, watching Outbreak from 1995. Remember that? Mm. Uh, Dustin Hoffman, Rene Russo had a very Andromeda Strain-esque kind of setup. Um, a little more Hollywood blockbuster, I think, as opposed to um, something like this movie where it, it's more. This movie is more worried about being accurate and fact based, and Outbreak was mm-hmm. a little more, uh, you know, concerned with uh, helicopter chases and you know scenarios that, to somebody that doesn't understand or doesn't know better, it would look accurate. But if if you actually knew the truth, you would go, "Oh yeah, that's not right." <laughs> but that's a little embellished. Yeah. Um, All right, so Contagion uh, was released on September 9th, 2011. It was written by Scott Z. Burns, directed by Steven Soderbergh. A runtime of one hour and 46 minutes. A budget of $60 million, that's estimated. Box office of $75.6 million domestic, $60.8 million uh, international uh, for a total of $136.5 million global Hall. Uh, cast is Matt Damon, Kate Winslet, Jude Law, Gwyneth Paltrow, Marion Cotillard, Lawrence Fishburne, and Brian Cranston. It is very star-studded. Like every, like each scene that somebody had a new character, I'm like, oh my god, that person. Did get mm-hmm. on and on and on. Like and um, uh, Marion, uh, I forget, some Coltier. The like, French yeah. woman. Yeah, I probably I butchered the last name. It's okay. I'm, yeah, she. Yeah. I'm surprised to see her. Like, yeah. so many really good names in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Which usually is the tell of it's putting in stars to you know keep people coming to see it, and it's not usually a good movie. But it was actually like a really good movie with a really good cast, and yeah, I thought that was really surprising, but it worked really well for it. Yeah. Um. All right, so let's start with the the plot synopsis here. Um, After contracting a deadly virus in Hong Kong, a woman returns home whereupon both she and her son die. Before long, the planet is... uh, Well, I butchered that sentence. Um, (laughs) I should have checked that out. Uh, Before long, uh, the planet is... um, has suffered a deadly outbreak uh, with a high mortality rate. It's up to the CDC and the WHO to find a vaccine. The bigger question, however, is whether the virus or humanity is the more deadly monster. And so um, why don't we do our once in an interview? Um, Sarah, why don't you go first? Okay. So my one sentence review is that Contagion plays as a haunting reminder of how fragile our our existence is, how desperate people can get, and how easy it is to tip the scales of balance in our world. 
Holy mackerel. Wow. Very nice. Mike, Michael, did Thank you here. send yours over? Previous? Uh, no. <laughs> that, was, that was very Michael-esque. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. pulling out all the stuff. <laughs> you are. Wow. My turn, Michael? Yep, go ahead. After contracting a deadly virus in Hong Kong, a woman returned. Oh, wrong one there. Supposed to, supposed to laugh. Thank you. <laughs> I thought Michael would have caught on earlier than that. Nevertheless. It took me a second. I'm like, Yeah, um. right. You're like, wait, he's just reading the plot synopsis. Um, yeah. um I I was gonna leave it a one word review, to be honest, but I added an extra Ooh. sentence to the one word. Uh that word being uncanny. Yeah. Uh, and I said, current times notwithstanding, a well-acted, well-written, almost surreal attempt on what a d- deadly virus could be. Agreed. Agreed. Um, all right. So mine is uh, it's pretty simple, actually. Um, a tightly constructed, well-acted film that unsettles you with the most frightening monster imaginable, which is a deadly virus. Yep. Mm. Something you just can't see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's... um. Let's get into this. Let's let's talk about the the script here. Um, so, one of the interesting things that the movie does right off the bat is it starts us on day two. Um, I think a lot of movies would have started us out on day one, showed the initial contact with the virus, and went from there. Uh, and that was done purposefully. Uh, I think to hide that information, it hides it both from obviously people in this movie, the WHO and the CDC, the people looking into how this virus started, uh, because if they can't find the information, right, we don't know the information. So it kind of hides the initial contact and waits all the way to the very end of the movie. The last scene that you see is how she got this in the first place, which I thought was just just an interesting start and an interesting yeah. ending. Yeah. 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 Because I mean, if you you know, you know, we've we've mentioned how real this movie seemed. Um, you know, if you think about it, like you don't ever know. You know, it's not out of the realm of possibility for someone to catch something and have no clue how they caught it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you know, even when you get sick, you know, if it's not at a direct family member, you know, if you get the flu or cold or something, um, you know, you're like, well, I don't know. Could have been this. Could have been that. So, you know, that keeps it in line with how real this movie felt you know mm-hmm. yeah and the explanation ended up being like so simple that yeah yeah and i thought that was beautiful the way he did it at the end but we can talk about that obviously yeah later yeah, it's, it's yeah. jarring just how easy something like that could happen and yeah really put put the world up on its head uh, yeah. definitely and you know, so we, we start out with her. She's uh, this woman. Uh, her name is Beth. Uh, she is uh, already sick. You can tell. She looks like somebody who's just come down with a moderate cold, right? She's yeah. a little clammy, a um, little haggard. She has a cough, a little bit of a headache maybe. Um, she makes a phone call. Initially, you're thinking that this is um, her husband, but, but you can tell right off the bat that it's not right. You can already tell mm. it like, this is not her husband, maybe like somebody that she met, but they're um, making sure to show us that she's talking on the phone with her yep. right hand. Right. Yeah. And, and one of the really interesting things they do here is that they, every time like she's touching the, the bowl of peanuts at the bar, she hands her credit card 
to yep. the woman who then touches it. And the, so it's like, and they linger on all this. They're showing us, the, the, basically they're showing us the spread of the virus right off the bat. Throughout the whole movie. Yes. That's something they do through the whole thing. Like even to like the very end, you can, the camera will just kind of focus past the two dominant characters. And as somebody who's just like picks up something, hands it to another person in the background. And it's so great to have that through the whole movie. Cause you just, you always feel nervous that it's just going to, like it's an overwhelming presence that is just like a constant reminder that this is still happening and people are still getting sick and not being careful enough. Yeah. Um, really creepy. So then we also jump around to several other characters that uh, initially, right. We don't know. We just know that they're sick, right? Uh, they, the, the one woman, she looks like she's a model. She ends up uh, being found in her bathroom. She's dead. Uh, there's a young uh, Chinese man who ends up getting off uh, the the train, goes home. Uh, he's sick. He eventually dies. There's a, another uh, a Chinese businessman on a on a plane. You can tell he's sick. He eventually dies. So all all these people are just dying. So we don't understand really what the link is early on in the movie. We just know that there are multiple people that are ill, and there's okay. deaths. Uh, Beth gets home. Um, and she works for a company, and this company keeps showing up throughout the movie, like everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, it, she signs, she opens up her folder in the cab. She's signing these papers. Um, we see uh, at the end of the movie the the um, backhoe that plows down that tree in the forest that dislodges mm-hmm. the bats. That has the logo on it of the company. Um, so the company she's working for yep. is the. Yep. One that brought her down. Mm-hmm. I didn't even notice that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And, and it's it's not just there. It's other places too. Um, but anyway, she gets home. Um, she gets in. She hugs her kids. There's no dialogue. All we hear is music playing over it, which I actually like. Um, we don't need to hear the dialogue. Uh, and then we see her, what appears to be the next day. Uh she can barely see. Everything's too bright. It's like she has a migraine. Um, mm-hmm. She's standing at the counter. She she can't control her arm. It knocks over something on the ground. It breaks. Yeah. And her husband, played by Matt Damon, um, tries to get her to come over and sit down. She ends up collapsing on the floor, goes into convulsions. Uh, their son sees it. He tells him to go back upstairs. Uh, they rush to the hospital, and she dies. Uh, very yeah, quickly. So quick. And uh, the scene where the doctor tells him that his wife has died uh, is fantastic because it's so, it feels so real, right? He, they're saying, your wife has died. And he's like, yeah, uh, when can I go see her? They're like, uh, no, sir, you don't understand. Your wife is gone. Like, she has passed away. And, like, he, it's and like, when it hits him, yeah. it's really... Mm. Like Matt Damon's eyes are just so expressive when it hits him that it's just a real deep pain. Like he, he does a really amazing job through this whole movie. Yeah, yeah. his name is Mitch. Yep. Uh, Raker, what what did you think about the opening setup here uh, in the first, say, mm, I guess what ten minutes or so of the movie? What what were your thoughts after you got to this point? With with Gwyneth Paltrow and all. Yeah, from the beginning all like the way her, up to her. Ah, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, foreboding. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, obviously you go into this movie knowing 
you know what it's about but i think the uh, name. yeah right you just you know it, i just thought it was wonderfully directed and written you know what i mean like i was instantly drawn to it you know okay i know this movie's about you know contagion and then that you know like you were saying michael about how it showed where her hands you know were touching and then the next person hand like it built up that sense of unease and suspense at the same time just by the in the first 10 minutes mm -hmm. you know even though there even though she hadn't died well if you consider the last minute of her life on screen as the 10th minute uh <laughs> you know i i thought it was great yeah. you know i mean yeah. i was i instantly uh was drawn to it you know yeah it's very watchable like you're just kind of in it the whole time yeah. it's hard to pull yourself out of it because but i don't know if it's just because the situation we're in right now if it had that same effect when like when it came out but oh, right I now think, it's very like holy I, yeah i think you know what we were talking about before we started recording you know, like how real this movie was you know what i mean like here she was cheating on her husband we figured that out you know within that first 10 minutes you know what i mean or after that last you know uh, 10th minute you know what I mean at the end of that yeah. scene or whatever you want to call it and that's that's a real thing you know that, that happens um just every everything everything about it just like all the actors like they had real emotions they you know it wasn't one of those things where oh well it's a movie so that's why they did it you know that's why mm -hmm. they acted like they did you know they're supposed to because it's a movie no this this you know this could almost been like a cam movie to mm -hmm. a degree you know Very, yeah. like i was actually thinking about that too like it, just watching how it's done it's it could have been done by just like you know yeah camcorder but because yep. it's not it doesn't embellish there's no like over the top yeah. cinematography or anything like that it's right. very just what is happening and yep. in what's going on with people yeah people react like real humans that react not hollywood actors you know yeah Right, and I, I like, and I, we can get into the acting at some at some point here, but yeah, I mean, look, I, just a short comment on the acting uh, throughout this movie really is just that in the first ten minutes really show this as well. Everybody brings it in yeah, this movie. Yeah, everyone is great. Nobody's phoning it in. No, it's not like those. Remember those? Rick, remember those seventies movies where they would like get like a billion stars together, like the Towering Inferno and. Yeah, so like where they yeah. bring like a billion stars on set, and you could tell they basically just hammered all day long shooting this movie, and nobody's taking it seriously. And it's just a big ham fest, and you know, like it's one, it, it's not one of those movies. Like, and sometimes you can get that where you get a star-studded cast, you know, everybody comes together, and, and it can be like that. Uh, but this movie isn't one of them. You feel like everyone takes this seriously. They see it as a serious movie with serious subject matter, and they really bring their A-game, every single one of them. And, you know, again, I, I know she doesn't have a big role, but, you know, I even thought Gwyneth Paltrow did a good job. I mean, for what she was required to do, we see we do see some flashbacks in this movie um, mm -hmm. where we see her, uh, what appears to be right after she contracted this virus and, and everything. So her role is short, but she does a good job. Um mm -hmm. But everybody does, and so so basically, her, um, their son dies the next day, or well, actually, about yeah, because they rush her, her to the hospital. On his way back from the hospital, he gets a phone call. Mitch does, what appears to be from the babysitter. He gets home, rushes upstairs, and their son is dead. 
already. Um, yeah. And I think partially it's because he's so young, it didn't take the long for the virus to rip through his body. You know, I think there's, there's yeah. a short time, a period. And that, and that yeah. was like so, you know, once again, real. Yeah. You know what I mean? In, in a typical Hollywood movie, the kid survives miraculously at the end. You know what I mean? Oh, we found the virus or the antivirus or the vaccine or whatever, just in time, the mm-hmm. cure. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Or it's the kid not miracul- scared to kill off people that yeah, we're like, invested in. Or the kid, you know, eats a, you know, raspberry pop tart and that happens to be the magic elixir. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Like, oh, how come I this mean, kid, pop tarts can cure a lot of things. Pop tarts are, yes, delicious. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's that's one thing I appreciated so much about this movie is how real they kept it. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't over dramatize or under yeah. dramatize them. And they weren't Everything like accurate. Yeah, and they weren't like overly gory about it. You know what I mean? Like nowadays, if you watched, you know, any movie based on a you know, virus or something, suddenly they did yeah, contagious they like their eyes would bleed and their Fountains heads would blood. explode or yeah. something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um but in this movie, yep. it was pretty like, you know, suddenly they just look super, super sick. And then that's it, really. You know, they yep. just look really bad when they die. They don't, they didn't atrophy to bones like a zombie or anything like that. <laughs> or didn't rise from the dead. Oh, right. Right. <laughs> yeah, like exactly. Eyes didn't roll up backwards. So they have white, <laughs> you know what I mean? White eyes or anything yeah. like that. So this isn't the exorcist virus, basically. Yeah, right. <laughs> so once um, again, you know, I appreciate that. Yeah. So so basically, uh, after that, we get introduced to some other characters. Uh, one of them is a character who, when I first watched this movie, it's not that the character didn't make an impression on me, but he makes a much, much bigger impression on me now, years later. And that is the character of Alan Crumwitty, played by Jude Law. So Love. when I, when I like, first this saw role the, was great. Right. He does uh Jula does a fantastic job in this movie. He um he really brings it. But this character he starts off he he sees the, what it appears to be well, it's not Beth, right? She's she's patient 0. Uh but I think it's it's one of the char- characters that gets infected. They die on a bus and he's trying to pitch the story to uh, I don't remember what newspaper it was, but basically a big newspaper. And, and the, he has a contact there, and this woman's like, I don't know. He's, basically, she's trying to brush him off, right? He gets huffy and leaves. But he's basically a blogger. Um, he has his own streaming, like his own feed and everything. And over the course of the movie, he gains a massive, massive following. I mean, at least 12 million people are, are watching him by the end of this movie. And mm-hmm. so... Um, initially you're thinking, okay, this guy might be onto something. It seems like somebody's not being taken seriously, but maybe he'll prove to be, you know, the guy who breaks the story or something. Uh, yeah. but he's ends up being a much more nefarious character. Uh, cause when I first saw this movie, I understood what he was doing, but I didn't really understand it because I didn't, cause I wasn't knowledgeable enough myself about some of the darker, uh, aspects of the internet at the time. Mm-hmm. But he really is uh, when you when you hear a lot of the stuff that goes on today and, and the coronavirus is which is going on now is a is a big deal. Uh, there's a lot of disinformation out there. A lot of people that are saying a lot of stuff. This is a cure. Take this. Do this. Or this isn't a big deal. Or whatever. They don't really know what they're talking about. And Alan is somebody who 
kind of embodies kind of that aspect of, unfortunately, that aspect of the culture that we live in. So, um, he is essentially like the anti-vaxxers. Yeah. Like, but he is very intelligent and he does look into things, but, uh, a lot of it is that he only goes so far and once he thinks he knows what's right, that's it. And he's sticking to it and not accepting any further knowledge or anything like that. It's just, this is right. This cured me. I'm fine now. Yeah. Yeah. It's so dangerous because just because say it cured you, you don't know if you had the strain, if you weren't tested, you just can't definitively say that that's so dangerous. Especially when you have 12 million followers. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's equivalent of a YouTuber, you know, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I could name a few, but there's several YouTubers out there who promote, you know, don't vaccinate your kids and how people will listen. And it's so dangerous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we introduce, get introduced to his character. We also get introduced to Lawrence Fishburne's uh, Uh, character as well. Dr. Ellis Cheever. Um, Which is nice to see uh, Larry Fishburne in a, doing, you know what I mean? Good role. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's he's kind of been in a... I mean, he did decent in John Wick, mm-hmm. you know, but my my opinion is he's been a little... He's been struggling as of late, you know? I mean, I know he does just a lot of, like, you know, minor roles in a lot of movies and such, but I don't know. It was nice to see him in this movie. He did a good job, I thought. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, John Hawks is in this movie. Great character actor. Uh, playing Roger, who's a um, um, janitor, I guess, um, at the CDC, which is mm-hmm. uh, where he works uh, with Dr. Ellis Cheever. Obviously, he's the janitor. Uh, Ellis oh, yeah. is the you know one of the bigger people in that in that place. Uh, we also get introduced to um, let's see, oh Kate Winslet's character as well. Uh, yeah, love oh, her. Oh yeah, yeah. She's a good job, and she always does a good job. It's Kate Winslet. She's a wonderful right? actress. Yeah, yeah, she is. Doctor Aaron Mears, uh, she appears to be like an like a protege of Ellis Cheever. Um, he sends her up to Minnesota to you know kind of get the ball rolling and getting things set up. Um, and then you know she's up there. She's trying to deal with people that don't understand, and she kind of becomes a bit of a. I don't know, a bit of a teacher for the audience, right? Uh, She's talking to some people that um, are a little difficult. I think they're school administrators or something like that, maybe. More concerned with budget and stuff like that. And she kind of outlines for them and for the audience the R-naught, which is the rate of uh, infection. Uh, So people have the flu. There's like a a one. So if if I get sick, I'll give my the flu to another person and I'll give the flu to another person. And then she kind of outlines several different uh, viruses, and then they she outlines what they believe is the R naught currently for the virus, and and kind of give them an understanding of what that really means. And that's a nice little explainer for the audience, so they can understand how deadly this this virus really is, and yeah. the rate of the spread. So uh, we get her, and then we also get uh, Dr. Lenora Orantes, uh, which is. Played, who is played by uh, Marion? I, I how do you pronounce her last name, Sarah? 
Cotillard, I'm guessing. I guess I Cotillard. guess Cotillard. Um, she is uh, part of the WHO. She goes to Hong Kong, where she ends up uncovering uh, how the virus spread initially, and she is the one that kind of pinpoints Beth uh, Emhoff, play well, which is Gwyneth Paltrow's character, as being patient zero. Um, yeah. And then she gets kidnapped by one of the guys that she's working with because his parents have died uh, or his mom has died, but the village is full of people and they're trying to use her. They kidnap her and kind of use, hold her hostage as a way of getting first in line for uh, the vaccine whenever it does get created. And do, in doing so, they stopped her from being able to continue trying to track it from the beginning Yep. And so all they can do to create this vaccine is to progress forward, which probably ended up delaying it and costing probably a lot more lives in his village. And it's, that's hard to watch. And the fact that they got nothing out of it, like I thought for sure when they got that, the box of vaccines that they were going to hold her for a couple of days with the vaccines to make sure it was legit and not placebos, but no, it just ended up being that way and they let her go. And yeah, you never saw what happened. Like when they told no. her that she walked off, and then yeah. nothing ever happened after that. That's one of the few criticisms criticisms I have about the the script is that I really wanted to know what she did. Uh, yeah, what she, was she planning I mean, on doing? I can I, I can fill in the blank, but I don't really want to. I mean, my assumption is she probably left and went out to that village to tell them that it was placebos. Uh, you know, but again, whatever what happens after that, I wouldn't. I want. I don't know. We don't know. Nobody knows. So yeah. Um, but as everything is going along here, we get to around the middle point of the movie. Um, people are dying everywhere, and uh, society has broken down. Uh, everything is closed. Schools are closed. Social distancing, uh, which is now just something you know these yep. days, uh, is something that's mentioned in the movie. That's being done. Um, uh, Mitch has a daughter, a daughter that wasn't present whenever Beth died. Uh, she apparently was up visiting her mother. So it appears that, that Mitch was married at one point, and I believe Beth was married at one point. They divorced at some point in time, and then they met each other and, and married. So mm -hmm. his daughter um, ends up coming back, and by this point, he's in the hospital and then he gets out because he he didn't get it. He's just one of the lucky people that that just was was immune to it. Yep. Um, and why they didn't take his blood and make something is because that can, you can do that, but it takes an awfully long time to go that route. Mm -hmm. So it's it's much quicker to find a vaccine in a different way. Um. So anyway, uh, so we get to the middle part of the movie and things are really bad. And this is where society breaking down. And Raker, I wanted to ask you this question. Did you feel like the way they presented this in the movie was really accurate? You know, people were going into houses, stealing stuff, breaking into stores. Uh, people were getting shot in their in their houses because apparently they may have food or whatever, something. Uh, what did you think about that? Um, that's tough. You know, I mean, when I'm seeing it, in the movie, watching it on the movie, you know, it felt like, yeah, that's probably what would happen. But as you just asked me that now, you know, I think a lot of it depends on where you live. But then again, you know, luckily for us, we've never <laughs> lived in a situation where no one has work, money, you know, they're, they have nothing. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, what would a human do? You yeah. know, so while it was kind of exaggerated, probably, you know, but at the same time, is it really, you know, so I, I, I don't know. Very I, much. I thought yeah. it was pretty accurate because I think, you know, the one thing that this movie presents, I think, beyond the fact that it's because look, a virus is a virus and it's scary. I think the bigger this thing this movie is trying to show us is what happens when people get desperate. Yeah. And when there's a, when there's a virus, and not only is the possibility of getting it high, but also the possibility of dying high. And hey, there's no vaccine, and there's no real treatment for it. Uh, when society breaks down, when there are no rules anymore, uh, then it just becomes doing what you have to do to survive, and that means there are no rules. Mm-hmm. Um, it's no different than The Walking Dead, you know, right. things to happen there, um, or. If you played the game The Last of Us, um, another example of kind of a post-apocalyptic feel to it. And that's kind of where the movie's headed in that direction because there is no stabilizer. And uh, so I thought they actually portrayed it pretty well. Um, most do, Will most people do that? No. I mean, obviously not. But there's enough people that will say, you know, I need this or I want this and I'm going to get it and I don't care who I have to shoot. So, yeah, and they demonstrate that of just they didn't overdo it in this movie, like you said. It's uh, it's pretty accurate. You know, in the height and the peak of deaths, people are gonna panic, and you know, go into people's houses or just steal from the stores. Like it's just anarchy for a good amount of time, and people are just desperate to find a any kind of cure or hold up in in their houses. And the one thing I actually didn't understand what happened is across the street from matt damon's house you know there's those lights Mm -hmm. and it sounds like shots then the guys come out with shotguns and leave the house but he goes there the next day and looks for food grabs a gun i assumed he was gonna find bodies but I, i wondered if maybe that wasn't that house that it was just another house that he went to i could be wrong i don't think they made that very clear one way or another but I'm not yeah. sure. It's hard to say. Yeah, there are just something. Like, I think this movie is really good, but there are just some questions that are left unanswered and that make people just like curious, like what the hell actually happened there? Yeah, but so you sometimes wonder if that was uh, Soderbergh's intent. Yeah, sure. You know, I mean, I could be wrong. I'm just saying, like, he seems, I mean, it just seems like that's kind of his MO, yeah. <laughs> you know? At least in this movie, because he, he leaves a lot of things kind of open ended, almost to like strike fear in you and then make you wonder, like, man, like if this was really happening, would this happen? Could this happen? Would people act like this? And he just kind of leaves it like, okay, well, I'm going to leave a lot to their imagination, you know, to the viewer's imagination. Yeah. Possibly. Possibly. Um, and so at, the, at this point in the movie, too, we also see Alan Crumwitty, Jude Law's character. Uh, he gets on his live stream and he takes Forsythia, which is a, a drug mm. that uh, he posits as, as being, you know, the cure. the cure. And he's already met with with this guy on the bench earlier in the movie where he just like, essentially they were making a deal, you know, about like buying stock and, and this and that and paying money to him. And so he takes this Forsythia and he basically says, I've got the virus. If I take this and I wake up tomorrow, you know, Forsythia works. Well, that works. And then all of a sudden everybody's trying to get Forsythia. 
Yeah, um, riding over it. Riding, you know. They you say, know what's crazy about that, and I'm definitely not trying to get political here. Yeah. Um, like even today they announced some type of, uh, I don't know, some type of, I, don't, I guess a drug or something. Anti-malaria that, pill. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's supposed to like really help with this uh, COVID-19 stuff, and you know what I mean. It's just ironic when you know going back to my one sentence review, you know, uncanny how things completely mirror. What seems to be going on now, with the exception of the you know the extremeness of it all? Yeah, you Scott I mean? Burns really thought about this and took the time to like storyboard this. Like, where would the things end up? How would yeah. people actually react? Yeah, yeah it, it's it's pretty creepy how he takes advantage. I mean, even his the woman that he went to meet uh, about that story at the beginning of the movie, she tracks him down and she's sick and she she's trying to get for Scythia because of him basically and right. then she's like I'm pregnant and he he knows that for Scythia doesn't work and he lies mm-hmm. to her and tells her that she'll he'll get more and he'll come and find her well that never happens and we all we do see him eventually staring at her photo but even then you never get an indication that he really cared yeah Yeah. true like is that supposed to make you hate the guy you know what i mean like i don't think you're ever supposed to feel like he's i don't know that he ever really he doesn't because he never turns a leaf you never see a beating heart beneath anything any of his his character you never he never eventually cracks like in other movies he would have stared at that photo and shed a tear and regretted his decisions but in this movie he's just he's just well, he is what he is. He's an asshole. And he kind of goes that way the entire movie. He never sheds that at all. Um, it's all about money and fame and, and some level of power and influence. Feeding ego, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So, so one of the things this movie does is they kill off uh, Mears, uh, Kate Winslet's character. Uh, surprised right i thought that she would stick it out you know she's a big actress but uh, right. she gets sick and she dies and i thought that was a really smart decision uh it, usually big names in movies last long because they're yep. big names but not in this yep. movie yeah and also her character's reactions to when she did get sick you know to immediately call like the hotel get the names of yeah. everybody who she was in contact with and get them quarantined immediately and and then isolate herself. Like Her character's decisions were she lived true to what she was preaching and trying to get done. And Yeah, it was a really smart choice for, for her. Um, there's another character here played by Jennifer Ailey. She's a, uh, a CDC, uh, I guess, I don't know, she's... She works with the viruses, and her character uh, ends up injecting herself late in the movie because she's trying a vaccine. It's one of the vaccines they've created, and she she's tested on monkeys. It hasn't worked. She injects herself and then goes to visit a hospital where her, her dying father, who has the virus, is there. Um, and it ends up working. This because they have injecting herself and ends up working, and then because of that, that are now able to mass produce this this vaccine, Um, and we see uh, some time go by, uh, 
which seem it seems to elude that everyone's getting this this vaccine. We see other people getting shot with it. You kind of get it up your nose, and uh, and that's basically how you get inoculated um, from the virus. Um, so I guess um, the other thing we need to kind of talk about is uh, Matt Damon's character. His storyline, it's the humanizing element. I think we can all agree it's the humanizing element really f- for the whole movie. I mean, mm-hmm. there are other humanizing elements, but his storyline is the one that kind of everybody can relate to because we're just people. We're not CDC workers. We're not WHO workers. Uh, so he's just a normal, a normal dad with a daughter who's grieving. His daughter doesn't want to be kept inside. She doesn't think that she's sick. And there's a boy that lives nearby. It looks like they've known each other for a long time, and he likes her. And they they can't be together because he doesn't know whether or not he's he's sick. Andrew is the boy's name. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you guys think about that whole storyline? Did you feel like it kind of made you feel something as just a regular person, you know, you're trying to identify with a small grieving family. Uh, yeah, I understand. Like going back to being a teenage girl and that mindset, like as a teenager, you do kind of feel, feel invincible in the first place. And then to like have gotten that far and not have symptoms. I'd understand her mentality that she, going out once and seeing him who has no symptoms not a big deal, but I kind of feel like when you've watched your mother and your brother die from this already, and it's the 21st century, she has a cell phone, she can text, you can do anything you want to with a cell phone, It's you got the internet on there. I have a hard time thinking that she would risk getting sick, going out to see somebody, even being that teenage mindset, to have watched half your family already die and your dad grieve I couldn't do that to my family you know Mm -hmm. like that's the one part where I'm like I don't think even that mindset I couldn't do that you know Mm -hmm. no I understand but I I do like that they try to to show how difficult it is to stay inside you know how difficult it is to go cabin fever uh, real easy day in day out I mean it's difficult and even the times where they go out to try to get food and stuff, I mean, it's a scary, it's scary scenes, you know, going into a to a, a grocery store where the shelves are being just everyone's running in grabbing ransacked. stuff and oh running out grab yeah ransacked, people that are sick and coughing they're rushing out, um, you know, trucks are being, you know, ripped apart and taking stuff off of them. Even when he's in line, Mitch is in line to get uh, um, food from the, the army. Rations or whatever, yeah. Yep, they're handing them out. Uh, um, people get violent when they say, hey, we ran out. They start attacking the mm-hmm. trucks, jumping inside. I mean, and I think that's part of the movie that's supposed to depict how when people are desperate, when the chips are down, it's like that. It's like that. Um, well, it's like that. That quote from the Joker in the Dark Knight, um, where he's talking about you know when the chips are down, people will show you who they who they really are, 
Yeah. You know, when you yeah. strip away all that stuff, when people are desperate, that's when they'll show you who they who they really are. And I think that this movie kind of really shows that because what how much more desperate can you be in the middle of a pandemic? Yeah. You know. Yeah, um, no, it's true. People some people just get violent, there's nothing else they can do and some people have the capacity to understand and be able to take a look from far away and know that you're just kind of in a rough situation. There's nothing that could really be done. And it's all about different mindsets. Yeah. So at the end of the movie, uh, we finally see the, and basically the, the moment that this all started took place. So yeah, I love that. So we get to, yeah, so we get to the end, and there's a a uh, backhoe that's kind of pushing through the forest, it's ripping down plants, trees, all right. that stuff, and uh, it dislodges some bats from their natural habitat. The bats fly away. One bat ends up flying up into some bananas, uh, probably eats some bananas, and then it ends up uh, dropping some i'm assuming it's banana or maybe it's droppings i can't really say i think it's banana uh yeah to the pen of a bunch of pigs and one pig comes over and eats it and then uh, it shows the pigs being sold uh the pig that was sold that had eaten that that uh is dead that banana is dead and uh then we see a chef in some probably some small village uh he is preparing the pig stuffing it doing all the stuff you know he's got blood over his hands uh and this is all done with with music playing over so we don't hear any dialogue a man comes up behind him speaks into his ear he shakes his head yes he wipes his hands on his apron uh walks out and he shakes hands with beth emhoff Mm -hmm. and they take a picture together and that is first contact yep and it's brilliant it's brilliant because i could see that totally happening oh yeah like that easy and surprised that something horrible like that hasn't already happened yep um and and so it's it's tough and we get a we get a little peek of this scene because uh, towards the end of the movie, um, you know, Mitch, things are getting better. The vaccines, you know, come out and everything. And they're just waiting for get to get there. Well, for his daughter to get her shot, uh, basically. Uh, but she wants to go to prom. Of course, she can't go to prom. So Mitch goes out and he buys her a dress. It's very, it's very pretty dress. I think it's nice. Uh, it is really pretty. You know, like, like, he had good taste. Yeah, like the daughter seems really happy with it. She opens up, she's really excited, and I guess ultimately that's the biggest thing. Uh, he, she gets dressed, she goes downstairs. He's decorated the entire house in you know prom colors and and did a really great job. Um, and she gets a knock at the door. It's Andrew. Uh, he has the wristband, so he has the vaccine already. Yep. So she lets him in. And he's upstairs trying to find the camera. And when he finds it, it's a camera mm. that Beth had with her when she was on her trip. And so she's flipping through the camera at all these pictures. And some of them are very just whatever nice people that she met. And one of the pictures we see 
is her shaking hands with what appears to be a Chinese guy and a chef. Mm-hmm. And that yep. ends up being the last scene that we see, which is her shaking hands and contracting the virus uh, and, you know, signing her death warrant, essentially, yeah. in that moment. Well, I like that they, they didn't include, like, you know, photos of her and the guy she was cheating on with. They never showed him yeah. through the whole movie. I think that was a great idea because they could have added drama and made it really cheesy and added more pain to Matt Damon's character, but they took the high road. You know, they yeah. didn't go for like the cheap low blows of like, oh, here, look at the pictures I kept of uh, me hanging out with this guy that mm-hmm. I'm cheating on you with. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, they actually had him like actually looking at photos of he's still seeing her as his wife and he cared about her and she meant everything to him. Well, who do you think think took those pictures of her? Well, he, the, uh, the guy wasn't in Hong Kong with her. So I'm pretty sure it was had to be like a waiter. Just just like someone said, Hey, take this picture of me. She had a little bit of an entourage with her. It was, yeah, Yeah, that's true. Worked for that company or their, their liaisons there or something like that. Yeah. That's Um, true. I, I think, well, first off, we got that information already, right? I mean, number one, uh, he knew about this guy, uh, Neil. Mm-hmm. Uh, first off, we see we see Neil get rushed out of his home in the early portion of the movie, already sick. His wife is like, we were fine, and then we just got sick. And, and so we know he's dead already. Uh, two, Mitch does mention him, like, He's already like, yeah. did does is Mitch sick? Did he give this to us? Like, so he's already getting the idea that something happened here. Like his wife had met with with uh, Neil, um, and then when they're in the funeral home and she's he's trying to get them bur- them buried, uh, his wife and his son. That her mom said, like, she made some mistakes, but she really loved you. Yeah. So yeah. we get this information. Like, we knew it already, obviously. But the character, Mitch gets the information. He knows. So by the end of the movie, there's no point in showing anything else. Like, he already understands. Um, it's strange that they wouldn't bury them. I mean, I, I, it's not like the virus would still be alive. But they don't. But they don't know. You know, like it's I can understand it. You don't want to take any chances. Um of who is she gonna infect the other dead people? <laughs> like and I guess I, like I guess. you got the one person who would be the person putting her and the son in the crypt, but I mean I'm sure Matt Damon could put her on a trolley and do it himself. Like mm-hmm. I don't, it seems a little too crazy yeah well but with that spreading the way it is i guess they're not just they just weren't taking chances you know i guess so but so um we talked a little bit but what did you guys think of the acting what did you think well no actually breaker before we get to the acting is there anything else you want to talk about in terms of the, the plot and the events in this movie like anything that really stuck out to you uh you know um i enjoyed the movie Quite a bit, and you know, a lot of movies, you know, you that especially ones we review, you know, plot holes are abundant. But this movie didn't really see, you know, I, I'm sure there 
there were plot holes. There always are. I really didn't see any. You know what I mean? Like, I really got into it. Uh, nothing was so outlandish. You know what I mean? That it made me kind of, uh, you know, roll my eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I 100% agree with everything you both have said thus far. Uh, I just, <laughs> I don't, I don't really know how much more to elaborate on it. Really, I mean, it was, it was great. Yeah, we've I'm certainly. Really, I'll one thing I will say though. I am a little surprised that uh, it gets such a low score on uh, IMDb. I was yeah, surprised. Yeah, like six point seven, right? Yeah. Yeah, right. Like I'm not that IMDb is the you know no wall of you know the authority on critiquing movies, but you know a lot of those come from people too. Yeah. 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 Like, mostly it's people. I, There's really, some critics, but. Yeah, but like, I'm really curious as to why. You know, yeah, it has an eighty-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Again, not which is which is really either. respectable, right? You know what I mean on Rotten Tomatoes, mm-hmm. obviously. But six point seven. I mean, I know IMDb is a little more critical, usually, mm-hmm. than uh, Rotten Tomatoes. But man, I'm just kind of blown away by how you know yeah. low that score is. Well, even on the, even, even Rotten Tomatoes has sixty-three percent for the audience score. On yeah. Rotten Tomatoes. And I don't well, the only thing I can think, you know, and we talked about it prior, is, you know, we were talking about how the end was so compounded. You know what I mean? It wrapped up super duper quick. Um, you know, like that's that was my only like I, I'm not going to lie. I did get a little I don't say bored, but the ending just kind of lulled me a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That it did, you know, like even the scene where, you know, like it, it, it slowed down quite a bit there at the end and you know when you add in the little prom scene with matt damon's daughter mm-hmm. um you know okay it's sweet and all but unnecessary and you know i mean i'd have rather shown what happened to that girl that helped that chinese uh village mm-hmm. you know what i mean so yeah. you know maybe any negativity or any you know overly critical thoughts of this movie are based on you know that ending i would have or maybe to say. they maybe they thought they were going to see like a horror type movie and ended yeah. up being like just this realistic movie and they weren't happy yeah that, yeah that yeah. happens i think sometimes people hate to say it but people kind of get used to going and watching movies that yeah amplify certain aspects because it makes it quote-unquote watchable um, yeah whereas movies that kind of are more grounded in reality Unfortunately, those will often get uh, looked upon as being a bit boring because, you know, nothing crazy happens. There's no car explosions and there's no gunfights. And, you know, it's just people kind of, I hate to say it, but people sometimes get lulled into thinking that if a movie doesn't have a lot of high-intensity action stuff or just things that are markers for movies that really like pizzazz and just big wow stuff that uh, yeah. and not really as engaging, I guess. Yeah, and even I can admit that, you know, even I like go to a movie and if I it's not what I thought it was, sometimes I can just be like, ugh, I hate this because I felt like I was lied about. Like Pan's Labyrinth. <laughs> like I watched it like whatever it came out eight, nine years ago. And the trailer had made it to be this, like, really cool, like, adult fantastical thing. 
and it was but it was also half of it was super gory horrific realistic and it just wasn't portrayed that way and i was really angry that i had to see some of the things i saw Mm -hmm. and for years i hated and hated and preached and hated about it and only like years later now do my like you know, if I had gone in with a different mindset, I don't think I would hate it. I think I would understand it's a very different type of movie. And it's not bad in any sense. It's just, I felt like I was, you know, cheated out of a better movie. But it's not their fault. <laughs> yeah, It's actually a good movie. But how it was portrayed or, you know, advertised wasn't the same. Yeah. Um, all right, so I think we can all agree the acting is is phenomenal in this movie. Uh, we did talk about it that the, all the actors really bring a lot to their roles. Some of the roles are small, some of the roles are more expanded, but I think regardless, everyone seems to understand that this is a a good script. Then that really requires them to to you know bring it. Uh, you know, and look, some actors maybe a lot of actors like a lot of actors that really have made it big every once in a while you can see them kind of going through the motions a bit they're not really excited by the material when it shows uh this is not one of those movies and so i think we can all agree that they did uh i think it just does an ensemble a uh, really great job acting mm-hmm. um, yeah absolutely and um, even um Mer- marion coltier she was for some of these scenes six months pregnant yeah she was that's crazy <laughs> she's so small like there's no way you couldn't be able to tell but no way could you she see it she didn't look like it that's i didn't at no point did i ever think oh this this actress is pregnant or this character is pregnant um, yeah seriously so um what do we think about the directing for this movie uh what do you think about soderbergh uh who's an accomplished director uh, I think this movie, in a lot of ways, bears a lot of hallmarks to Traffic, Raker. Right? Would you? Mm, it feels very yeah. Traffic-like. Um, I mean, if we just, you know, if you just want an honest response on Soderbergh, I mean, it's, <laughs> it, you know, I mean, it's it's very Soderbergh-esque. <laughs> like, he's just he's just good. You know what I mean? Like. I don't know. I mean, I, the directing overall, I thought was, you know, in my opinion, you know, we used to, you know, dissect the directing a little bit, um, you know, a little more specifically. Uh, you know, I think the director is responsible for the end product in every way, shape, and form. You know, mm-hmm. and it, that being the case, uh, I think he did a great job in this movie. You know, like I, I don't know. What else to say? I think he had, you know, I don't want to call this a masterpiece, but I think it's a very fine piece of directing, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. He's got a very interesting body of work. Like, I'm just scrolling through what he's worked on. And... Oh, he yeah. Out. He was the indie, he was the indie sensation. 1989 Sex, Lies, and Videotape. That was yeah. a massive, that put indie films on the map. Um, that was huge back then. And, and then, you know, he really kind of worked his way through the 90s and then in, what, 2000, uh, he did Traffic, which is still considered, you know, I've seen lists yeah. where it's considered, you know, one of the 20 best films of, of the 2000s. Yeah. Um, he has yeah. a style. Like, you go from that to, like, he's done Magic Mike. <laughs> like, yeah. It's so strange. 
Yeah. But you know, one thing one thing he does do well, and no matter you know, movies that you know, I'm not thinking Magic Mike is in the quality of this movie, but he has a way of like really letting you know the character. Like we, you know, like Ben At Ben Affleck, geez, Louise, Matt Damon's character. <laughs> yeah, right. Typical. They're together enough. <laughs> yeah, right. Matt Damon's character. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, he doesn't. It's not like he has. You know, the most screen time he's got, you know, obviously, I don't want to say a majority, but he definitely has one of the higher amounts of screen right. time. But this movie is divided up amongst, you know, various actors and their stories within the story. But yet it's almost like you can feel for Matt Damon. That's you know true. what I mean? Like you get a good sense of his character. Um, so I think he does that even in movies like Magic Mike, you know, where he's, you know. Like, even though I didn't think that was a great movie, but, you know, you still, like, you got to know uh, Channing Tatum's character, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I think I think he has a good way of portraying people and get, letting the, you know, the audience, the viewer understand his characters. I think that's one of his strengths. Yeah, I agree. I think that this is uh, – an exceptionally well-crafted screenplay. And like I said, outside of wanting to know what uh, Cotillard's character does in the end of the movie, <laughs> and, and maybe maybe the ending is a little too quickly wrapped up. Um, but beyond those two minor, I think, uh, details, uh, this is a a well-crafted screenplay. It's intricate. Like you said, Rick, I didn't spot any, any plot holes. Yeah. Like, Not, I mean, I'm sure there's some, you know, every movie has plot holes. No one can possibly get through a whole movie without creating some type of plot hole that you just let slide. Mm -hmm. But, but when you're watching this movie, it's like, if there are any, there's none that are, you know, blatant, mm -hmm. you know, like in your face. So I, I respect that. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so uh, yeah, I think, I think we can all agree the look of the film is 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 nice. Uh, Soderbergh's direction yeah. is good. Yeah, I don't think it's like overly artsy, but it almost has like you know what Sarah was saying before, like about almost like could have been a cam type thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it has that real view gritty, to it. Gritty you know what I mean? I don't real. I don't think. It. Yeah, like it wasn't like overly. You know, it's not like he changed the color palette here and there or did anything overly crazy to emphasize mood or anything. I think it was just so he wanted to convey that realism that it literally looked like it was filmed from like you were watching it in real time, in real life, you know? Right, yeah. yeah. Sarah, would you you wouldn't say this is a slick production, right? No, no. This is very just – it progresses accurately. Like I think – it went a little like when it gets ramped up, it was a little too fast. Like we went from, you know, these six cases to like, Hey, we're up to 10 million now. And that was really quick. That was kind of a little jarring because we know not much time has passed because Matt Damon's still trying to bury his wife. <laughs> so we know it's only been like a week or two. Uh, so that's a little insane how quickly it just ramped up. But other than that, I have zero complaints about how the timeline went everything else seemed pretty accurate and just kind of like it's not a movie movie it's kind of like you know it's it got a documentary type feel to it you know in between a documentary and a, and a hollywood film yeah 
Um, all right, so why don't we uh, kind of wrap things up here and give out our final thoughts and our grade. So, uh, Sarah, why don't you give me, uh, if you have any final thoughts you'd like to share, and uh, give me your grade for the movie. Uh, I guess final thoughts. I mean, the movie was really well done. I think the story is probably the best part. It was really well storyboarded. And like I like how they segregated all these storylines and it just but still have like where people are at at different timelines and they're all connected I love when movies do that and all the actors did just a killer job you know they didn't overact whatsoever you had the right people playing the right parts and it was all just really fantastic um so my rating is an 8.4 okay um Raker, what are your final thoughts and grade? I agree with everything Sarah said, which is, you know, you might want to mark that down on your calendar, <laughs> Sarah, because that rarely happens. Right. It's like, you know, last um, time Kristen Stewart is actually a good actress, oh, and now it's right. I yeah. agree with you. <laughs> My gosh. Speaking of which, Underwater comes out pretty soon on DVD. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I really appreciate the realism with this movie, even though it's obviously fiction but you know what i mean like that yeah. and i don't know maybe it's the fact that we're going through something like this on a much more miniature scale right now but it's just it's just it blew my mind how the correlations i could see for what's going on now with this movie it's just it's crazy it's mm -hmm. absolutely yeah. nuts the we're living this movie like, we're living this movie what's that we're living yeah this we're movie. Li yeah <laughs> like i don't know how often you can say that you know what <laughs> i mean like very rarely can you go back hey i remember watching this movie X amount of years ago. Now, whether that influences my appreciation for this movie um, or not, I don't know. But I really, really enjoyed it. I love the ending where they show how it all came to be. You could have easily taken that that scene, you know, that what two, three minutes, you know, how the virus came about, and or the contagion or whatever you want to call it, um, and have thrown that at the very beginning of the movie. And I don't think it would have been as effective. Is that does that sound fair? Yeah. Totally. You know, yeah, but then when they threw it at the very end, it was like, uh, you know what I mean? It was, it wasn't like a gotcha moment or anything like that, you know, and it wasn't like there was these little hints throughout the movie. It was like, ah, uh, you know, I just like, that yeah, like you said, yeah, it makes sense. And I appreciated the way he didn't have to be crazily uh, complex about or tricky about doing it. You know what I mean? It was just this quick little two, three minute scene at the end explaining how this all came to be. And then the, obviously 90% of the movie or 95% of the movie is how we dealt with it or how these characters dealt with it. So um, I'd say it's one of Soderbergh's best movies for honestly. I agree. Uh, uh, um, and, and I think it's very unheralded as well, even though now a lot of people are going to talk about it because of how much it parallels what we're going through. Yep. But, you know, the only reason they're talking, well, like I said, the only reason they're talking about it now is because of that. But I think even if we weren't going through this right now and Michael would have recommended this movie, I think I still would have appreciated it, you know, a lot. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, so score-wise, I'm, I'm a little, I, I can't believe I'm as high as I am on this, but I'm going to go with an 8.8. .8. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I really, really, really liked it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. So my thoughts... Um are that, yeah, look, this is a really, really good movie. Um, it is uh, well-crafted, I think, on on all levels. 
Uh, the acting is is top notch. I think the directing uh, stands out here. Um, I think the the script is is intelligent. It it doesn't dumb down itself for the audience. There are terminology. There's terminology thrown out uh, to the audience in this movie, and it expects you to catch up and and to understand and follow along and. Um, I, I uh, appreciate that. I respect that. It's nice to see that uh, they don't take easy way out in this movie. Um, it happens a lot in movies. Um, but like the end product, it, it lacks the sheen, uh, this polish that we see on so many movies um, that make it look glossy and everything. This movie doesn't need that and in fact it would have made this movie worse which is why as you said Rager the 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 kind of uh, almost gritty documentary style that it's going for to a certain extent uh, it, it gives the movie a, a I, I guess I would say it just makes it feel a little more real uh, because of it um, it's timely uh, it is a movie that is frightening. Uh, as I said, um, I don't know if I said it on the podcast yet, but I know I said it before we started recording that, you know, screw Freddy Krueger and Michael Myers and <laughs> Predator and any creature or alien out there in, in monster movies. Um, they all can bow before the pandemic because this is this is the scariest monster out there. Uh, mm-hmm. We can't see it, and it can kill us quickly, and it uh, doesn't have a heart. So, um, and we we we're seeing that every day. So, um, I'm gonna give this movie an eight point six. So we we're all close. Yep, we are all we are all over. Yeah. So that that makes the overall grade for this an eight point six. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty fair. Yep. I think. Although, yeah. you know, IMDb might disagree with us. But... Well, they what? don't know what they're talking about. Well, That's <laughs> right. Yeah. Who are they? It's you know, honestly. It's got an eighty-five percent. So, you look at it that way. We're, we're pretty close. Although that's an aggregator, so it's not quite the same. In fact, um, if you really look at, uh, let's see, Contagion. Let's see what the average for the reviews are. And score details, uh, seven basically a seven point one out of ten, uh, is the overall, is the average grade across two hundred sixty seven reviews, for all critics eighty five percent positive, but the average grade is it just over a seven out of ten, so we're a little higher than that. Yeah, know, but uh, but I I think you know. This is gonna be. This could be one of those movies that ends up getting re-reviewed, and you can see oh. that ratings go even higher. Just people will look at this in a different light. Because maybe people didn't appreciate, you know, the way it was set up back then. But now that we see how accurate it is, I think we may be scoring it higher. Yeah, yeah, possibly. Hmm. So, um, all right. Well, uh, I think that's it for this review. Um, if you want to send in feedback, uh, you can let us know uh, at freakinggeeksmedia 
at gmail.com. Uh, Sarah, how can they contact us on Twitter? Uh, we're at Free Geeks Media. Uh, so that's our Twitter handle. You can reach out to us that way, either direct message or just tweet at us. Okay. Um, all right. Well, that's it. Uh, 8.6 out of 10 for Contagion. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening to us uh, ramble on about this uh, this movie. But, uh, hey, it's timely, uh, given what we're going through uh, it's not a fun movie. It's not a movie that's going to make you laugh, but it is a movie that in some ways you're going to watch because it reflects our reality, uh, although maybe not quite so deadly, um, you know, not quite so scary, uh, but still scary enough that you almost watch this movie to get an understanding of what the future could hold. I guess, mm -hmm. weirdly enough. The possibility. Yeah. So, um, all right. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next time on the Freaking Geeks podcast. Bye, Geeks. See you later. Thanks for listening to the Freaking Geeks podcast. Be sure to visit freakinggeeks.com as well as our Patreon page at patreon.com slash freakinggeeks for more great content. Also, please consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes. Trust us, it really helps. Now, if you'd like to write into the podcast and share your thoughts and ask questions, you can do so by sending your email to freakinggeeksmedia at gmail.com. You can contact Michael on Twitter using at Michael underscore Lanage. You can contact Sarah on Twitter using at Labyrinth Rose or at Freak Geeks.